everyone. I'm Maike Slot and you're listening to Do We Click, a monthly research podcast on the digital relationship between journalists and their audiences. Do We Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University Rotterdam. This is episode five, the second and last part of my double episode on the audience dilemma. I will dive deeper in the tension between engaging and informing the audience, and Temi will share some interesting examples of news organizations outside of the Netherlands and how they deal with engagement. I'm running in the forest near my house. The sun is shining, the birds are singing. Suddenly, the atmosphere changes. I hear creepy sounds. My heart starts racing. I receive a message. Zombies have invaded the earth and are also seen in our neighborhood. They affect everybody they encounter. I need to get out of here and reach one of the last remaining outposts. I can't look back. They're right behind me. I speed up and run faster than ever. After 30 minutes, I arrive at my house. The zombies are gone. Yes, I've completed my mission. I feel proud of myself. The zombie run app on my phone really motivates me to exercise and not give up after just 10 minutes. I share my running results with my roommate. She likes a bit of competition. If there is one creative industry that takes audience engagement to another level, it's the game industry. By immersing players in fictional worlds, challenging them with interesting missions and rewarding them, When they have successfully finished a level, game developers actively construct engagement and make players come back for more. And when games are used to achieve an attitude change or a certain awareness of an issue, we call these games serious games. Serious games use game characteristics, such as competition and interactivity, to teach their players something. The zombie run game that Temi experienced is one example. By adding challenges and rewards, Temi was more engaged and ran longer and harder than she would probably have done without the game. Also, journalism is in the race to engage audience members. As I explained in the previous episode, engagement in journalism is important to attract people and interest them for news, to lure them away from other online temptations such as funny cat videos on YouTube. But the challenge for news organizations is complicated because they do not only have naturally engaging topics. Their public task also demands that they bring stories that might be more complicated or more serious, such as political discussions about uh, new tax laws or technical information about carbon capture and storage. Thus, on the one hand, they have to task to inform the audience, but to get the attention of the audience, they also need to engage them. The one does not work well without the other, and that is, in short, the audience dilemma that journalists face. In the previous episode, I explained that it is quite difficult to determine who the audience really is, but that it is a crucial step if you want to find ways to engage the audience. I discussed the use of personas and several other strategies that news organizations have used to get to know their public. This episode, I will provide you with an explanation of the concept of engagement and see what we can learn from academic studies in this area. And also, Timmy will give you two examples of audience engagement by discussing two international cases. We all know the term engagement as a promise to wed, 
two people committing to each other. Although engagement in media means something else, I do think the idea of commitment might be useful. It resonates with the way I define the journalist-audience relationship in episode 3. Also, this relationship implies some form of commitment. In social media terms, engagement is a construct to measure the sum of clicks, likes, shares, and comments. The higher the number, the more engagement there is. As you might understand, this last idea of measuring engagement is problematic because engagement is not exact science. People might have numerous motivations to click on a certain link and might also be interested by something without clicking on it. This is why, in many news organizations, engagement is considered to be more dependent on, for example, reading time than on number of clicks. But still, a number might not be representative of actual engagement. Maybe academia can help us out here. Some of the more relevant studies on the topic of engagement can be found in the area of marketing. Around the turn of the century, when the internet for domestic use was taking off, many companies and organizations realized that they needed to invest in customer relations and not just in transactions. Having engaged customers is good for business. They visit more often, buy more products, and spend more money. That is why marketing studies started to focus on customer engagement. In 2017, Bansari and Kumar defined customer engagement as the mechanics of a customer's value addition to the firm, either through direct or and indirect contribution. End of quote. It is thus about the creation of value, and the customer plays a direct or indirect role in this. Bansari and Kumar state that there can only be customer engagement when customers are satisfied with the relationship with the firm and when they feel an emotional attachment to the firm. But there are many more definitions in academic articles. What do they have in common? Firstly, customer engagement definitions often have both a cognitive and a behavioral component. Engagement manifests itself in what customers think about a brand and how they behave in relation to the brand. In a 2011 definition, Hollebeek adds a third level of engagement, emotional engagement. Customers can think and do something that is related to a brand, but they can also feel something when they think about a brand. Secondly, the behavioral level of engagement not only relates to buying something. There are several possibilities. In addition to purchasing behavior, Kumar and colleagues identify three additional types of engaged behavior. The first one is referral behavior. This means that a customer refers somebody else to the brand in the context of a certain incentive. For example, when I book an apartment on Airbnb and then refer a friend to Airbnb who also books an apartment, I will get a discount on my next booking. The second one is influencer behavior, the way that customers are speaking about a brand on social media. The third activity is knowledge behavior, which is providing direct feedback to the brand. Thirdly, engagement can be applicable to both new and returning customers. It is therefore important to not only focus on attracting new ones, but also on keeping existing ones. Fourthly, some definitions indicate that there is a certain level of intensity of engagement. You can thus see engagement as some form of scale. Customers can be more or less engaged. And lastly, terms that are often used in the definition are loyalty, motivation, interactivity, 
co-creation, relationship, participation and connection. It seems there is some form of reciprocity involved. Now, back to journalism. After this theoretical background, I hope you agree with me that simply looking at clicks, reading minutes, likes, shares and comments is not very accurate to assess audience engagement in journalism. It covers part of it, but not all. Likes cannot be completely equaled with emotional engagement. Comments not completely with influencer behavior. It might be interesting to see what academics in journalism studies have published in this area. According to Ha and colleagues, we need to distinguish between content engagement and news media engagement. You can be very engaged with CNN, but not with political news or the other way around. The authors state that news media engagement is the feeling of attachment and loyalty to a news brand, while news content engagement is a degree of involvement in a specific news topic. And they explain that you can be engaged with the news for personal or social reasons. And engagement can be translated into the effort that somebody puts into getting and using news content. This effort is then measured on four levels. The first is the amount of time a person devotes to consuming the news. This is very much in line with the number of reading minutes that is already used by many news organizations. Nothing new so far. The second level is the diversity of media sources people use to search for the news. The third level is the exchange of content among the audience, selecting, processing and recommending news to other people. People can, for example, forward each other news stories on social media or speak to each other about news. The highest level of engagement is, according to Haan colleagues, participation in news media. When audience members contribute creating news stories by sending original materials to news organizations or when they participate in citizen journalism projects, they show the most effort and are thus the most engaged. In a study among journalists in New Zealand, published in 2018, Nielsen took a different approach. He focused on the perspective of journalists and how they organize their work. This labor perspective highlights the use of the concepts of participatory, conversational and reciprocal journalism. What I like about this approach is that it is focusing more on the fact that there are more parties involved in the process, journalists and audiences. But by taking a journalist approach, Nielsen does leave out what engagement means for the audience. What Nielsen's research shows is that the journalists do think engaging the audience is part of their job, but that many view it as an intensification of their workload, something that resonates with what Dutch journalists have told me in the interviews. Krebs and Lischka take a more critical approach in the 2017 publication and highlight that although the overall importance of engagement has increased, the actual value of it for news brands is not very well researched yet. In their research, they analyzed a survey filled in by more than 300 Swiss digital natives. I will highlight five interesting conclusions. Keep in mind, these results tell you something about younger news users' engagement. First of all, it is important to understand the motivations of your audience members. When audience members are socially motivated to read the news, they are also more engaged in news content. When they have an entertainment motivation, audience members are more likely to read comments. When they primarily have an information need, they're less likely to be highly involved. Engagement is lower. Secondly, 
When engagement is measured in behavioral terms, it becomes clear that activities that require less effort are more popular than higher level forms of engagement. Reading comments is done much more often than sharing news or creating content. Audiences rarely become very active participants in news production. Thirdly, Krebs and Lischka show that when audience members are engaged in forms of activity that do not require a lot of effort, such as uh, sharing an article or filling in a poll, they feel more attached to the new site. Higher effort activities do not increase this feeling of attachment. Also, customization options and when readers can log in with their personal profile, feel more engagement with the site and experience a better quality. This will prevent audience members from switching. Fourthly, comments under an article can influence the opinion of the audience about that specific article, but it will not negatively influence the opinion they have of your news brand. I personally do think, though, that comments can increase the time the audience spends on your website. A last and interesting finding is that quality and serious content influence a perception that audience members have of news brands more strongly than engagement does. You can post as many cute pictures of cats on your news website and provide the audience with polls every day if your content is not relevant or of added value for your audience, you will not succeed. So if you need to make investment decisions, focus on the quality of your storytelling first. Although academia helps us to understand engagement a little bit better, still it is striking that there are so many different approaches. It is difficult to distill some common rules about engagement or completely understand what engagement really means and how it can be assessed. In general, I would argue that engagement is a product of the relationship between journalists and their audiences. It may require effort from both the journalist and the audience side, and of course, interesting content, a good story. Motivations from both sides play a part in the development of engagement, and engagement can be displayed in the activities of audiences, but also on a more cognitive or emotional level. In general, when engagement is measured, these indirect levels of engagement and the engagement that takes place outside of the scope of direct clicks and reading minutes, shares, likes and comments, is often not taken along. We should find a solution to that. Maybe the most important question news organizations should ask themselves is, what type of engagement do I find most important and how can I achieve this? Not only academics find engagement difficult, also the journalists I speak to in my research struggle with engaging an audience, especially when it comes to important but not so engaging content. The most common strategy I hear to increase engagement is to find an emotional and personal angle to a story. Maybe the European elections are not very engaging for most people, but an article about three members of the European Parliament, what they say at a party when somebody asks them about their job, might be more appealing. This, by the way, is an example of an approach taken by the Dutch newspaper Algemeen Dagblad. Many journalists always keep their audiences in mind and try to place themselves in their shoes. What would they like to know about a certain topic? Another tactic is to try to involve the audience more directly, such as the examples of comments on the forum of Nu.nl and the question-based journalism project of RTV West I discussed in the previous podcast, or the dinners with readers organized by the Barneveldse Krant. 
In this podcast, we also want to look beyond the Netherlands. Maybe we can learn something from some international examples. The past months, Tammy kept working on her research of news organizations and their relationship with their audiences. She's back with some insights, and for this podcast, she will share two examples of news organizations and how they try to engage with their audiences. Tammy, what did you find? Well, much like in episode two, I tried to find two very different cases to show you some of the options that are already being practiced in news organizations. The first case focuses on the interactive documentaries created by Al Jazeera and is very much focused on the technological approach, a little like the mid-media case. After that, I will discuss a very different initiative by French newspaper Le Monde, which is focused more on direct and offline engagement with the audience. When I was considering Al Jazeera as a case for this podcast, I combed through their website and I found they have several interesting projects. The one that stood out to me the most, however, was their section of interactive documentaries. With this feature, they allow the audience to engage with the news in a very different, almost game-like manner. The documentaries cover a range of different topics, and although the design varies per story, they all rely heavily on other media than text alone. Pictures, video, and animations especially play a big role in telling these stories. The topics also seem to have been selected because they fit such a very visually focused approach to storytelling and seem to revolve mostly around human rights issues, as they cover, for example, stories of child rights, refugees in Rohingya, and FGM, female genital mutilation, in Senegal. The two I will go into a bit more depth about are both relatively new. The first focuses on how different voting systems work around the world. It provides the audience with a calendar of all the elections taking place this year, who can vote during these elections, men, women, prisoners, how long the current leader has been installed, what the legal voting age is, etc. I would not label voting systems as a very naturally engaging topic, but with the way Al Jazeera has made use of an interactive design, it certainly became interesting to read, see, and generally interact with. Another example of their work is an interactive documentary they created about Bangkok's art world. This one is more game-like than the other example. The reader gets the opportunity to read up on the current laws limiting artistic freedom in Thailand and then receives the task to put together an art show, choosing work from different existing artists. With every decision you make, you receive information about the consequences of these decisions. Do you receive a visit from the army, or are you safer now? Next, a very different case from Le Monde, one of France's biggest newspapers. Since 2014, the news organization has been organizing a yearly festival that takes place in Paris, and since last year also in Montreal. The festival takes place over several days during which the organization organizes lectures, debates, even a dance workshop. Le Monde is an established more traditional media organization that found itself struggling to adapt to changes in the news industry. The Le Monde Festival was part of a range of initiatives they deployed, which altogether successfully helped to lift the newspaper out of the rut it was in. Specifically, the goal of the festival is to let the audience engage with Le Monde and its staff offline and to, and I quote, show that this is not a one-way conversation, according to Louis Dreyfus, president and publisher of the group Le Monde. So, as I explained when I started, these cases present two very different approaches to engaging your audience. Whereas Al Jazeera relies more on technology and online interaction, Le Monde focuses on establishing engagement through face-to-face interactions and the product of these. 
Le Monde is also focused more on engaging the audience with the newspaper and its community in general, rather than separate or specific topics on their own, as with the Al Jazeera interactive documentaries. I hope you enjoyed learning more about these cases, and I certainly urge you to look into both of them, especially the interactive documentaries. For now, that's it for me. Back to Micah. Thank you, Temi. With these two interesting cases, we end this month's episode. If you have feedback or questions, do not hesitate to send me a message. Next podcast, I will share some results of a small-scale news consumption research I conducted among my students at university. Amongst others, I asked them whether or not the news should be engaging or entertaining. That was it for now. Next time, I'll tell you more. Will you click again? Dewey Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University Rotterdam.